Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love Podcast. My name is Meredith, and I will be your humble host. Serving Love is an exploration around some of the paths to show up and live as love and to be of service to something greater than ourselves. We will dive deep into topics such as sacred sex, God, goddess, spirituality, and an array of modalities in the world of personal growth. I feel so honored to have the privilege to share with you here. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love Podcast. Today, we have a dear friend, Brenda Frederick. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Meredith. So great to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Um, (laughs) I am so happy to be here. I've been thinking a lot about you and today and the name of your podcast, Serving Love. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, um, it's been an interesting journey for me because I'll start to like, I'll feel people and then I'll be like, Oh my God, I want to invite them on. And we've known each other from for some years now. I can't even remember like how long it's been. It's been a while where like maybe we knew of each other for a while and then we moved in together for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That was so fun. Yeah. I think we've known each other for like, maybe six or seven years, you know, and then, yeah, we lived together. That was just so much fun. Like I moved into your apartment where you had a space, your long-term roommate moved out and you had a space. And I, I just, I'll just back up and say the the first time when I came to visit you at your apartment, we were going to teach together. We were teaching a class on desire. I think it was in Brooklyn. And I was like, you invited me over to work on our class and develop it. And as soon as I walked in, I don't know, I had this weird feeling like I want to live here. (laughs) Like, I think I'm going to live here, which was so weird because I had just moved. I just (laughs) got my own apartment in Astoria, which I really loved. Um, But I couldn't shake the feeling. And then your roommate moved out. And it felt like just so easy and aligned. And yeah. this was like right before the pandemic had started. <laughs> yeah, so. I moved in, um, I think like March 1st. And then we went on lockdown like the 12th. So I we I lived there for like a week. Like I never got to see Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about getting to know somebody really quickly. <laughs> oh my God. We had a good time now. <laughs> we did. And we went a whole ride and it was so good. Like I learned so much. And, um, and then eventually we moved out because I wanted to get out of New York city and then you were feeling that and yep. Wow. Yeah. It was a whole ride. So much fun. (laughs) It was so much fun. Do you remember when we, everyone I think will laugh if listening to this, it was at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were (laughs) like, Oh, we need to go out for groceries. (laughs) But we didn't really know a lot about COVID at the time and everyone was super cautious and we got really bizarrely dressed up like we were going to uh-huh. bring something. I, probably wore, I wore your like your fuzzy clothes and <laughs> yeah. we brought like, you know, masks and gloves. We brought apple cider vinegar shots to do afterwards. And then we carried up our groceries three flights and then we had to wash every item. We washed every single item 
that we brought into the house. We had a whole system. Like you would stand at the steps and hand it to me and I would wipe it and put it in the apartment. And then we would drag the towel. (laughs) What a funny thing. I come home and Brenda's clothes would be hanging on the ladder, like the the emergency (laughs) Because we didn't have a washing machine. And we didn't know if we could wear the clothes in the house. Like what a freaking crazy time. Yeah, I washed my clothes in the bathtub. <laughs> that was really intense. I'm like, that. I think I did that once. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, I think we're good on that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it was how fun. that started. Yeah, and we've taught some incredible workshops together. Was it just one? I think it was just one. Yeah, I think we were planning more when the pandemic came, but we definitely did one on desire. I think it was desire. Yeah, and, I think we did how to ask for what you want in bed. Oh, yes. Yes. Hacienda, yes. And everybody yes. thought they were coming for some sexy thing. And we gave them this really deep workshop. And it was it was really amazing. So it was wow. really- it's so fun to teach with you. And uh, yeah, so beautiful. And now we're out of the pandemic. And we yes. just did the Radiant Ecstasy Festival together. We did. And we could not have done it without Brenda, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> so, what would you call your role? Um, I could call my role, you could call it many things, but like holder, space yeah. holder, handler, you know. <laughs> like really I'm, just, really, I'm just like holding the whole thing. And yeah the schedule, not, it doesn't mean that I'm planning everything and it doesn't mean that I'm making all the decisions. Sometimes I need to make decisions. It's, it's actually a very feminine role for me. It's a very feminine role because it requires so much flexibility, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and like rightness, it requires a lot of rightness. And I really stretched that weekend and really pushed out in my rightness in a way that I've been really wanting to do in this role. I think it was the, the, the biggest thing I've held so far on my own in that particular way. And I've, I've watched other people do that role and, uh, I really sat with it. Like, what is it for me? Like, cause everyone, you need to bring your own flavor to everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like the ultimate in feminine, feminine leadership. And you, so I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like how you modeled it was so beautiful. And I reflected this to you there. And I was just so grateful because you know, we had a team of like seven facilitators and all of us are wildly feminine. And (laughs) and the way you handled this all with like such care, there was no rigidity in your system at all. So I never once felt a rub or like Mm. if something needed to shift that there was a problem or you were tight about it. It felt so good to receive your Mm. handling and how you just like flew with it, you know, we needed to change some times and you're like, okay, here's a new schedule, like no big deal. And we shift this and it's just, it felt so easeful. And I, I wanted to have you on because I want to speak to the importance of this role in this work that we do. Like mm-hmm. 
these retreats and like they cannot happen without somebody holding that. And you often don't see the person holding that, you know, as a participant, like you don't even really know what's what's happening there. And I was just so appreciative because it made me feel like I could relax into my role and my teaching and how I was holding, knowing that you had it and you had us Mm. and, um, and just feeling how it sat in your system where it felt it, it like, it felt like it was like pleasurable for you to be with it too. I love this. This is the best reflection. I'm just going to do a little dance break over here. <laughs> like literally I created this role for myself. Like it just, it just became true from, for me about a year ago in August of 2022, I realized, oh, I'm actually doing this a lot in people's businesses. I'm just going to come out with it. I was doing it quietly in the side while I was building my coaching business. And then I realized, oh, this is just true. I, I, I helped um, somebody hold, I helped Po Hong Yu hold her psilocybin retreat in Jamaica last year. And it was on that retreat. I mean, if you work with Po, you're going to have some transformative experience. I love her <laughs> so much. Um, and it was during that week that I realized um, with her guidance, oh, this is actually what I want to do. And now mm. it's, now it's one leg of my business. I've kind of brought back some of the other things, but I'm just so happy to hear you say that. It makes me so happy because what I I realized was what I do is I handle all the details in the background so you can shine and carry out your vision. Yeah. You know, women have like the women I know have the most incredible visions and ideas and downloads and networks and communities and they want to bring out their work and how do you bring out your work and do your magic and connect with people but also somebody needs to hold time somebody needs to check the venue somebody needs to you know just deal with all the little things that inevitably always come up um and that's what I do I handle all the stuff behind the scenes like kind of like a Disney, you know, when you go to Disney, it's just like, <laughs> like how does this place run itself? It's so, yeah. but there is, did you know there's like a whole floor, a whole underground floor at Disney? No. Like, yeah. It, there's a whole ground underground that you never see because it's just so impeccably cared for that the people who go can just have a beautiful experience I'm not saying I modeled it after Disney. I did not, but it's just that <laughs> feeling like, how is this going? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's really what I want is for people to be able to chit chat. You know, if you're whole, if you're teaching and you want to chat with people for 30 minutes after, because people are waiting in line to talk to you, um, I can just kind of handle things behind the scene and you can do that. Cause, yeah. but if you're doing it all, you can't, you know, yeah. you, you don't even, my facilitators don't even have to think about these things. Right. And I really felt that like I even got to take some naps in between and I felt, <laughs> I felt rested we, when we came out. I, I was imagining that I would feel really drained or exhausted, but it, it gave me the ability to rest and regenerate in between. And it was, it was amazing. And I also want to speak to this feminine leadership, right? It's like, it's such a different frequency. Um, yeah. It feels very full and soft, 
but firm in a way that feels like like really good containment Mm -hmm. you know like you can be in the fullness of your expression but like safe to be you know easeful about it so yeah just so appreciative of this role and it's it's so needed Mm -hmm. yeah I thank you for that I I've learned to be really flexible and adaptable that is the feminine yes you know, people in the world who are flexible and adaptable, you know, even in relationships, in motherhood, wherever you are in your life, if you have those qualities where you can be with what's true instead of this is the way, this was the plan, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you're going to thrive there. You're going to do well. And so I have had a lot of plans in my life and I've really done a lot of work to really be flexible and move with the compass of what's true. And I could feel that frequency in my body. So I can feel, you know, when something needs a little more time or, you know, there were a couple of times where, you know, our friend Lauren was like, she was like, (laughs) On a, on Sunday morning when we were winding down, this was like a really funny moment. She was like, I really want to teach the wands. And I was like, no. <laughs> I love that. No, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> but it was so, it was such, I, that moment really stands out to me. I think you were there, right? I was, I was. And uh, I think it was, it was true. And you know, it's true because she just burst it. We all just burst into laughter at the truth of it. You know? <laughs> yes. And I love that she expressed it because she had such a desire to teach that particular piece. Um, and she ended up giving it free to the participants anyway, at the end. Um, but desire wants to be expressed. Like yeah. her, she's so feminine and all the women who I work with are so feminine. They want to express their desire. And, and then, you know, it's very vulnerable for me to say no. <laughs> I have a lot of lightness in my body to say no, you know, and, um, and I did. And then there was another thing where she, that day where she was like, oh, can we have extra time here? And I was like, yes. Yes, yes. Because it's really mm-hmm. knowing like when to uh, when to bend and when to be like, mm, that's just not true. And mm-hmm. it is vulnerable, super yeah. vulnerable to take so a vulnerable. step. <laughs> <laughs> and also so incredibly nuanced and skillful to be able to deliver that no. First of all, it came out so quickly it wasn't there wasn't even a thought behind it it was just and we're all like okay you know and because you were so right with it we were all just immediately like there wasn't even a question we're like all right you know it just felt so easy to be like there was no fighting it you know so being able to like be with the field and move it in that way is just like you can really see like how long you've been training to be able to show up in that way Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's also really wonderful to work with women who are so surrendered and who can also feel the truth of things and who are willing to kind of get off on any stroke in a way and, you know, put ego, ego on the side and attachment on the side and be like, okay, here to do this thing. And it's going to be great and perfect 
it uh, we don't have to do any specific thing or we're going to die like that kind of mentality because that's not yeah. fun you know no. and that's in service to the people who were there um yeah. and and it's also really about connection like i was able to deliver that no like it, it did come out so quickly because we were all so connected mm-hmm. which is such a big part of the work that i do and feminine leadership you know yeah. you know having you know, the sync up meeting in the beginning, you know, and we had to kind of have the participants even wait a few extra minutes to come in. I remember being really firm, like, no, we're going to have a meeting. Like we are, we as the facilitators are going to sync up, even if it means everyone just waits five extra minutes, because Mm -hmm. that like us and our circle of facilitators of holders, I'm holding that, that is everything. Truly. And then we were so connected throughout the entire festival. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and because of that, like, I really feel like it turned out so much better than I had even imagined. I, I, you know, when we first started creating this, I thought, yeah, celebration and play and fun. But these women really went on a ride, like a powerful, potent ride where they got so much more than I had ever like even prayed for. And I think that really speaks to the level of holding and connection that we all had because then that transmission was given to them and they could really feel that. And yeah, it's just so beautiful what that created because now I, I mean, the thread is still just like exploding and that was two, three weeks ago at this point. And they're now they have this new sisterhood and um, it just ripples out. It really does. It's really beautiful. It's so ripe and lush, which is also another part of feminine leadership, I believe, Mm -hmm. of not pushing something or forcing it out. Um, Like I think the core team, you and the other women who were creating the festival, I think I heard you say, oh, you were thinking about doing it last year or at another time, and it just didn't quite work out. And like, you didn't force it. Like you really just waited until it was the right time and it and it came out beautifully and effortlessly Mm -hmm. not without work or you know obstacles there's always you know some rub maybe um doesn't have to be I guess um but you just allowed it and there's so there was so much allowing where it was just so ripe and lush and and then the participants can just like suck up the nectar of that yeah yeah I really felt that yeah, and I want to speak to, I, lo- I feel like this is a really awesome spot to transition. Can I talk about what you told me is going to come out for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know it's like still in the works, but I am so, I like feel so excited about this because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so needed in the world. And I think that's part of your role too and where you learn so much about is in your own mothering. Like you're a mom of two and your kids are incredible. They're grown and they're, they're aware and conscious and in this work and in this world. And I really could feel how you bring this work to your children. And now you're, you're beginning to birth this program into the world. And I think it's going to be so powerful because I really don't see anything of its kind. And yeah. so I'm so excited to see it. Um, so I'm curious if you want to tell us a little bit. Thank about you. It. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am so excited about this, Meredith, and thank you for bringing it up. It really, like, motherhood is maybe the ultimate feminine leadership. And it's really, <laughs> like, you know, we're looking at doing it in a completely different way. 
Um, my, what I've developed is just, I didn't even develop it. Like I was doing some work on my website this morning. It just literally came through me. Mm-hmm. Like it literally has come to me. She has a beating heart. She, she mm-hmm. has been dropping bits to me over the years the full frequency of this program from others that I've created, I think it came to me um, like during the pandemic when I was at the lake, I think it was actually 2021. And I also knew it wasn't time to bring it out, even mm-hmm. though I could have, I could have, cause I could have taught about motherhood then, but I just felt like there, it actually just wasn't time. So it's been sitting in my system for a full two years And then also all the years before that, my Mm -hmm. first coaching business that I ever had um, with our friend, dear friend, Peter Rubin, who was my, he was my my business coach. Uh Yeah, I really want to honor him him because he passed about a year and a half ago and Mm -hmm. he was my first business coach. Oh, yeah. I loved him so much. And during that time when I was developing my business, um, he was like, I think you're going to work with mothers. And I was like, he was like, yeah, he said to me, you're a storyteller and you're going to work with mothers. Because everything I was talking about was about how I'm growing through motherhood. So that was the very beginning of me um, realizing like, oh, I have a lot to say about being a mother on a spiritual path. Yeah. And that was like 2015. So this has been birthing since then. And just a really funny story about Peter, because I know that you are. I love. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm like tearing up. I'm like, wow, Peter lives on. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I, I, he's, he's like infused into my work because, because wait till you hear the next thing. There was, (laughs) There was a a day, it was like, we had a nine month coaching package at, together where, you know, we worked together on business and then mostly I just cried. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said to him, you know, I, I'm, I realized I don't want to work with mothers. And he was like, oh, like, tell me more. And, and I just, I was like, I don't want to work with mothers, blah, 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 whatever my reasons were at the time. And he was like. Um, he did a really bold thing. He said, no, you can't shift. He said, I'm going to hold you to this. He said, I'm going to hold you to this, Brenda. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) He knew. He knew. He did. Because when something is the right spot, it's so sensational. And, you know, we kind of do want to get off of it. Sometimes it's just a lot to hold. And, um, so I just want to honor Peter in that and how beautiful that is. And I did, I did end up letting, I worked with mothers for a while. I used to have mothers groups and online before online groups were even that popular. Um, and then it recently came back to me a few years ago to work with mothers. Um, and so my program is called flourish. You have a name. I did. And I want to tell you how it came to me. Also, it's motherhood as a spiritual practice. Oh my God. It's so good. And it's just like, talk about being on the spot. Like this is my life's work. Like I, as I'm writing this, I've been like up every morning. It's been like pouring through me and I'm listening 
And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm just like, it's coming through. Um, I want to vomit. <laughs> I do. I'm like, I want to vomit and I'm like nauseous and it's so vulnerable because this is like um, probably my most vulnerable work ever because it's so true. Yeah. And I always heard that in business, but I was like, well, what is it? What is it for me? What is it for me? Um, and I believe that I found the spot. <laughs> I was just got this feeling when you said it I was like it feels like it's so fully landed and I'm like this is like your like flagship program or something like that it feels like it's going to take on a life of its own I'm like so excited to see I'm not a mom yet but I I know that I'm going to need it when I do become a mom because I want that and I so want that frequency of parenthood and I'm just wow and and moms need this like, especially in this world that we're in, like, I really feel that there's not really a model. You can go in and you can learn these things. There's parenting workshops. There's this, but really combining spirituality and parenthood. But you also bring your feminine leadership and your sexuality and all these other flavors that I feel like does not get infused into being a mom. Totally. Oh my God. Being a mom is like, as soon when I became a mom and this was 28 and a half years ago, I, and you will feel this one day when you become a mom, cause I know that's your desire, <laughs> whenever that may be, I felt like I was initiated into like a secret club. <laughs> I really did. I was like, Oh, like I felt my mother and my grandmother's like even in a one day of being a mother, mm -hmm. I, there was something that came through in my body, some codes that dropped in or something that I can't explain that just, I just had some kind of knowing maybe it was like the most incredible love I have ever experienced <sighs> and, and continues to this day. Like I, it just, it's, you know, and, and, women who are moms and, and this goes for dads too, but I'm just talking about mothers. Like our kids are the most precious to us, mm -hmm. the most precious beings. Like we birthed them or however you have your children. There's so many ways that people have children. Like even if it's adoption, whatever it is, like we cre we created the, we had the desire and we brought them into our lives. And mm -hmm. it matters to us so much, mm -hmm. so much. And it's such a challenging, hard job. I think it's the hardest job ever, like physically with diapers mm -hmm. and being up all night, which God bless women who do that. And I did it and I worked. There's really no model for it. There's no, there's no way that's like, this is how you're supposed to do it. But even worse, like there's so much conditioning on yeah. how we're supposed to be as a mom and I felt that archetype come on to me too, when I became a mother too, there's so much conditioning. And so a lot of what I teach is like looking at the conditioning in our society that our society has, and then what was passed down for you, for your particular family, mm -hmm. um, and then your own hurts and woundings and addictions and family patterns. I've learned so much about intergenerational patterns in the last few years, you know, since I've been doing this really deep work and my daughter does this work. So I feel it, which she, 
unlocks a door, I feel it in my body. Mm. And it, 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 it changes the lineage, you know? So I think what I'm trying to say among many things is like a lot of the work that I do is let's have motherhood as a practice, you know, as, as something we can come back to all the time and not try to do it perfect, not try to be the best mom on the playground, not try to like override yourself to give everything to your child. I've done all of those things. I've tried to achieve all of those things. They have complete diminishing returns because Mm -hmm. they're not true. There's no way to be the best perfect mom. You're first of all, you're always going to be the best mom to your kids. (laughs) My mom is the best mom, you know, Kathy is the best mom for you because she's your mom. Yeah. Right. So there's like so much love there, but like, uh, we want to be this perfect mom. And the thing is, is that we're humans in a body on a spiritual journey. And we fall and we falter and we are doing the absolute best that we can. And just like painting a wall, you're going to get out of the lines a little bit. It's just the same with parenting. It's just the stakes are so high because it's like this little human that you love so much. Mm. And it can get really painful over the years. You know, if you have experiences, which many moms do, and I've had that where you feel like you fucked it all up, Mm. you know, you feel like you made choices that actually hurt your children it's, it's like the most painful thing. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And there's a wide range of what that means to each, each person. And maybe God willing, somebody doesn't have that. But I think if you're a woman who can feel and you're tapped into the truth, like um, there's going to be things that you inadvertently maybe do that are imperfect and your children, there's impact to those decisions. And our children sometimes get hurt along the way like divorce is a great example, you know, like the children get hurt along the way with that. And it's really, I have, I'll just speak for myself. And this is part of why I created this program. I spent a lot of time in shame and regret and guilt in, as my kids got older, seeing the pain that my decisions cost them. And, oh my God, like, I think, um, being hard on ourselves and is, is a universal spot for all humans. Like we can all relate to that. But what I found particularly challenging in motherhood was causing pain to somebody who I have biologically created or however you created your child. But for me, it was biological and like on a soul and human level agreed to protect and care for, and then cause hurt. It Mm. was, really a lot of dissonance in that for me. And I have had many cycles over the years of um, impaling myself and collapsing, beating myself up and not talking about any of this because I just couldn't. And so I was just like collapsed. And somehow by the grace of God, I started finding some bits of compassion for myself, I would ask myself, can I just love myself here? Mm -hmm. And even when the answer was no, 
no, you, you caused hurt to your child. How can I love myself there? Mm. Can I just love that? Can I just love that? I can't even love myself here. Yeah. I have chills. I know. I went through that so many times Mm -hmm. and like each time was like a millimeter of learning compassion and self-love for myself. And I recently had a cycle where I went through some of this, where some truth came to me just last week while I was working on this program. And I went through the cycle, except this time it was so fast. It was like a few hours because I've been through the cycle so many times that I'm able to catch myself and I no longer collapse inside of it where I did for years. I no longer impale myself or speak horribly to myself or all of those things. Um, I am like, even when I'm having thoughts of like, oh my God, I just can't believe I made that choice. Mm. I have compassion for myself as a human because we're humans on a spiritual journey and we're doing the best that we can with what we know. And I, like many moms and humans out there, even outside of motherhood, um, I believe that we are making the absolute best decisions that we can. And when we're at a crossroads, what do you do? Mm. And we have to choose, you know, and sometimes if you're like me, it takes you a long time to choose, although I'm much better at that now, but we do inevitably make a choice and we, we make the best choice that we know at the time. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back on many layers and been with the woman who made these choices and loved her too. Oh, this is so beautiful. Thank you so much. That just felt like it was such a download because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and And I'm like, what a beautiful gift to give your children because then it passes it down to them where like now they get to be human and it really does. Like I felt that in my system where I'm like, it literally like talk about ancestral healing. It is shifting the whole paradigm about what was passed down to us. And now you're passing something new onto your children because there's Mm. no way that we could be perfect as humans. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And so then they get to carry this on in their lives and be like, I get to be imper- like perfectly imperfect, be a human. And maybe just maybe they get to live their life in a freer way than you did yeah. in your earlier life. And, you know, I don't know your son, but I know your daughter and I can, I'm like, hot damn, if, you know, my mother had known these things, like your daughter got started in this work so young and look at where she is. Like, it's it's kind of incredible to see what was passed on to her because of this. I mean, I remember being in the rooms with her at Mama Gina and she was so, how old is she? Right now she's 28. Yeah. And just being in awe, like she's like, she's that's for six years younger than me. And I was like looking up to her because I could feel her so right in her in her being at that age. And I was just like, holy shit. And that speaks to you. And how you were a part of that. Like, how incredible. Yeah, thank you. I'm receiving all of that. It's really beautiful. And it's so magical to do this work. It 
absolutely transcends generations. I always heard that saying, like when you do work, it goes, you know, seven generations up and seven generations down. And I'm like, okay, that's a nice quote, but I've actually experienced that. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I've just experienced because I just had a, I had a spiritual awakening when I was in, it started like when I was like 38 or 39, I was married with my kids in living in the suburbs. I was a middle school teacher in a public school. And I've just felt this tap on my shoulder. I was like, get you go away. I don't want you. <laughs> and I just couldn't, you know, deny it. It was just too loud. And I had this awakening and I just brought my kids along on the journey with me. You know, mm-hmm. I did end up getting divorced. I really didn't know how to bring a man along with me at the time. And maybe that was just the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm for me to learn what I needed to learn. One of the things I've had to make peace with, but I just brought my kids along on the journey. I've always been that way. Cause I think I'm just, I was a sixth grade teacher. So I'm just like a teacher at heart. So anything I learned in any program, I would just bring home and share with my kids. So they were just learning and growing right along with me. And I was so excited about it. Um, but it takes a lot of time and, um, patience, but what I, Oh, here's what I wanted to say was, um, I could feel the, the healing, like with my daughter, I could feel like there was like, my son has his own path a little different. Like my daughter and I have a very similar path. Um, he has his own path. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, but she was, you know, we would be on this path together and then I could simultaneously had a lot of stuff come up around my own mother. Mm. And that was really painful for me, probably in retrospect, more painful for her because I had to kind of um, go away for a little bit. There was like a year or two where I just really didn't see her very much because I was in so much pain. I was like working out the things. What I was actually feeling, now I can look back at it, was my own patterns that I was not enjoying that really probably led to my divorce. I was like, Oh, I got this from my mother. And I was mad. Yeah. And I kind of was just acting out like kind of teenagery. Like my teenager was like, get, get away from me. And, um, and then, and I, I don't, I don't think that I was really very kind at that time to her, which I've since made amends and I have a living amends and we're actually going on a trip together on Saturday. So like, there's been like a lot of healing inside of that. And part of that is because of the work that I did and that I brought my kids along with me. So when my daughter started doing her own inner work and she has a very deep spiritual journey and she teaches this work as well in her own form, which is beautiful. Um, she went through that same thing where she was like, oh, all these patterns that I have came from my mother, which is me. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really intense over here. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she did pull away as well. We've always been really close. She pulled away to like, you know, handle her own stuff and do her work. And I was, I'm so blessed to her. Like I'm truly just so grateful because even when she was in so much pain and working through things that were maybe because of choices that I made because of the divorce or whatever, um, and patterns that we passed down that we just really, there's nothing we could do about that. 
she was so compassionate to me, Meredith. She mm. was so loving and compassionate. Wow. And I, that's when I realized like, oh, I, I'm kind of was an ass to my mom when I went through the same thing. And so my daughter's compassion for me, I was like, oh, I, I had like, I got like an embodied sense of what that feels like. And I was able to um, rearrange in my body and pass that on to my mother. And so my mother and my relationship got, it completely transformed. Like we tell each other the truth now and you know, it's just completely transformed. And my relationship with my daughter is completely transformed and continues to transform. But like, and then also I could feel my grandmothers who are no longer with me. Mm. I could, I've had moments on the floor where I've been like screaming and crying, working out. Like I worked through a very deep survival pattern Mm. that surfaced about a year ago that started with my grandmother when she got kicked out of her house you know, crazy story when she was 16. And it like, um, led to like survival pattern that was passed down to my mother and to me and my daughter and my daughter worked it out on her own, you know, lifetime things, but like she opened the door and when she opened the door, I could feel it. And I was like, Oh shit. Then I was able to open the door. And there were times where I was just on the floor, like weeping and angry as shit, feeling my grandmother's in my body. And I was like, oh, this is what it means to heal the generations because I was able to feel some kind of compassion and connection to my grandmothers as women in this way. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just wouldn't have otherwise. My grandmothers didn't tell me any of these things, really. They told me like the surface stories, but not the, not the real stuff underneath. My grandmother actually said to me once, and I didn't understand it really, but she said, you know me as a grandmother, you don't really know me as a woman. And she, she just said it. And I wish that I had, because there's some really juicy stuff that I wish I would have known. Um, But I felt like when I was on the floor in that way, working through these patterns, Mm. I did, I did know her as a woman and I felt like she was also holding me. And so like this work, when we choose to do motherhood differently and be open and surrendered um, and look at our own stuff and use it to grow. Mm. So we can not only grow as humans for ourselves, but I want to, I want to be able to be the mother who can be with my kids, which means that I need to look at my own stuff so I can be present for them or else, or else my wounds are getting hit and my ego is getting hit. Um, and this is just, the work. And if we can look at it as a practice and just learn to love ourselves along the way, like it can literally shift our lineage. I, yeah, I so feel that. And I love what you're saying because I think, and what I see, you know, not being a mother myself yet, but what I see in people around me is so often in parenthood, especially for moms, they forget themselves. So all this stuff gets swept under the rug and comes out in all sorts of weird ways where you know, you get frustrated and you yell or, you know, you're, you're like shut down your body and it like, it gets missed. And I think it's almost like celebrated when a mother just like ignores herself and it doesn't work for anyone. And so this feels like a real paradigm shift 
and to a new way of being where actually when we take care of ourselves as mothers, then we actually get to be the mother we truly want to be. Exactly. It's such a, it's such a funny, you know, counterintuitive thing because we think it needs to be a certain way or cover it up. But no, if you take care of yourself as a mother, you're going to be able to be such a more present human because if you're walking around stuffing everything in your body and holding in your hurts and holding in your anger and you're resentful, how can you possibly be present? How can you possibly be joyful? You know, how can you possibly be available for your kids when they have their own issues coming up and kids have a lot of stuff coming up these days if you're just in your own wounding, like you just, you, you maybe can for a while, but it has diminishing returns. And then if you have a relationship as well, like it affects your relationship. So like taking care of yourself as a mother is like the most important thing. It's Mm -hmm. so important. Mm -hmm. And that's why I am so excited for this container. I'm so excited to share all of this and, and be with women in their journey of motherhood and womanhood. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. And I really love that name flourished for this too, because it really, it really is that because it's not just your children, it's yourself, it's your partnership, it's your friendships. Like it carries out over into every area of your life. And so, yeah, I'm just, I can't wait to see what happens. Thank you. I want to tell you a little thing before we close, because I could feel yes. close. Um, I said it in the beginning, so that's why I want to come back to it, was how the name came to me of Flourish. I was actually in a pussy stroking practice, and I, I knew that this program came through after the weekend, and I announced it at the weekend that we did together. Oh, my motherhood yeah. program was coming out in the fall, but I didn't have a name. And I was in a pussy stroking practice and flourish. I'm telling you, it just came out and landed in my body. And I, and I was brought to tears because flourish is also my word of the year for 2023, but it just, it came to me. It was just everything about this program was like given to me and I've just received it and I'm in service to, to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can feel that. And that's when you know it's time. Yeah. You know, because it's coming through you. It's not about you. It's about, you know, being in service of it. And yeah, can't wait for the moms who are part of this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is also the first time I'm talking about this publicly. (gasps) So so exciting. Yeah. So you heard it on Serving Love with Meredith. (laughs) That's exactly what this program is. It certainly is about serving love. It's really beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, tell people where they can find you and we'll link all of this in the show notes too. Great. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Brenda underscore Fredericks. I'm also on Facebook. Um, yeah, I think those are the, and then I have a website, brendafredericks.com, which is also linked through those social medias as well. Amazing. All right, Brenda. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing all of your juiciness about Flourish with us. I cannot wait for people to hear it. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was such a joy. Yeah. All right. Until next time, Serving Love, I love you all. Thank you for listening to Serving Love Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. You can find me in social media as Meredith Lynn. 
Until next time, I wish you lots of love. Thank you.